Welcome into the bank, a show which covers the Baltimore Ravens and the NFL. The bank is part of BSL Radio. Baltimore Sports and Life is dedicated to analysis and discussion on the Baltimore Orioles, the Ravens, and the University of Maryland. The site has a team of writers providing coverage of those teams and houses live streaming content weekly. Join the conversations at the message board, like BSL on Facebook, and follow BSL on Twitter. Welcome into the bank. We're back off of our own buy. It's November 15th. Uh, we're a couple of days away from uh, Ravens and Panthers. I'm joined, as always, by my colleague, Jamie Seek and Mike Fast. Uh, here to talk about the Ravens, of course. Uh, let's get right into it. Uh, kind of go through the season so far. Mike, what's the, uh, or who has been the biggest uh, positive surprise for you so far this season? Tyler Linderbaum is the guy that comes to mind for me. I think I saw today he was the highest-graded uh, run blocker. And um, I was – I knew he was a good player. I just was wondering how he's going to translate from Iowa to the Ravens and not only the style that the Ravens play, but the opponents that they play obviously is a big step up. And they needed him to step up right away. Obviously, with the departure of Bradley Bozeman, who, coincidentally enough, they'll they'll see his team, his new team this week. But um, with Ronnie Stanley being hurt and uh, some less than certain positions along that line, he was stepping into a key position, and he's done very, very well so far. Yeah, I thought Lindenbaum would be pretty uh, polished uh, coming out, but I also thought maybe he would be better, and he still might be a year or two after a year in the weight room, uh, but. Um, but yeah, he, he's played well, and uh, the Ravens have needed that. Jamie, anybody stands out for you? Uh, maybe played a little bit better than expected. Uh, I'm going to stick on the offensive line and, and go with Ronnie Stanley. Um, even though, uh, um, well, as, as his uh, return was a little bit later than we liked, and as Buck Showalter liked to say, the delayed doesn't mean denied. Uh, so I think the the way the Ravens handled him and the way that they've worked him back in. It looks like it was the right strategy, and now seeing him playing at such a high level, when you know there was legitimate concerns that you know, he might not ever be the player he was, or even play at all again, and to see the impact that he's had on the offense overall, on the offensive line, he's he's the key. I mean, when you have a franchise left tackle and they're playing at a Pro Bowl, All Pro level, it just it's it just makes everything better and it's so encouraging to see him back and effective and impactful again jamie let's flip the coin to the other side uh who or what has disappointed you the most so far um i i I, you know you hate to you hate to pick on anybody but i think if us somebody that stands that i stands out as a disappointment i guess a little oxymoron but um i'm gonna go with adafi oway um, we were all expecting, I think, to see a big jump for him in year two because you look at him and physically he's, he's so gifted, and, you know, as from as far as athleticism and, and measurables and whatnot. But so far to this point in the season, one sack, one forced fumble, four tackles for loss, five QB hits. And I mean, you know, he's played 74 percent of the snaps, so he's been on the field quite a bit. Um, and, you know, his for for what it's worth his pro football focus grade so far is only 53.3. We know those are a grain of salt, but it's a, you know, it, it's something to measure by. 
or something at least to use as a tool to measure. Um, it's, you know, I kind of am couching some of this criticism because the injury situation with uh, Justin Houston being nicked up with Tyus Bowser being out and not having any other true like defensive end slash edge rusher. A lot of focus was on Owe early in the season. He was also asked. To yeah, I was going to agree. If, I was going to agree if you and go right, but yeah, but um, add that. Yeah, but but the but the one thought there is now those guys are are back. So coming here after the bye, it's important to, for him for Owe to raise his level of uh right play. And and I was and like one of the things they were asking him to take on some Sam duties while Bowser was out. And now you got Bowser back, you got Houston back, you got Ajabo uh, waiting in the wings, hopefully going to be back uh, this Sunday. You've got JPP in the mix. So you're going to be able to mix and match these guys. So hopefully we can see an increase in production because he's been very quiet. You know, it's not that he's been, you know, terrible or anything, but it's not been, he hasn't been making the big plays that you were hoping you were going to see from him in year two. Yeah, I, th- I think you got to see more splash plays. And to, to reiterate exactly. your point, mm-hmm. I, uh, um, I, I think he was being asked to do more than just go and get the uh, get the quarterback. Yeah. And the rest of the way, you know, I want to see you go and get the quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mike, about to you, anybody, anybody that stands out on the negative end or, or uh, beyond an individual, anything, uh, you know, yeah, Rashad Bateman is the guy that comes to mind, and obviously it's not something he wanted, but the injury now in year two, I think there's two key factors that uh, bring him to mind for me. Number one is draft position. Uh, when a team like the Ravens, who drafts, uh, you know, I looked at it a couple of years ago, and it was like 25 to 27 receivers, and in as many years, uh, they drafted a receiver. And now with um, other guys, Bateman included. So it's probably closer to 30 guys in their history that they've drafted at the position. That's meaning they haven't hit on those guys. And so that was a golden opportunity for him. But then also with uh, Marquise Brown leaving for Arizona, it was tailor-made for him. Again, not his fault. Um, But you would have loved to see him and Lamar just take off this year. And unfortunately, that's not what happened. So yep. uh, best, that's that's best, the biggest one for me. Best ability is availability, and so it's two years yep. in. He's had injuries both both years, so um, I, you know we didn't need him to be Justin Jefferson this year, but you didn't need him to be uh, a productive game in game out uh, a receiver. So uh, missed opportunity here, but he'll have a long time to rehab, and he should be ready to go when next year begins we'll see where he's at but you know for the rest of the way out of sight out of mind i agree with with the selections you guys both had i'll throw in an honorable mention for hamilton uh just uh and, and that's maybe a bit to put on him as a as a rook but 14th overall and i uh and while his play i think has gone up the last couple of weeks i think he's getting involved a little bit more and they're moving him around multiple places on the field i you know was expecting maybe a little bit more right, right out the ga- gate from him, but we'll see. Again, him uh, coming off the bye, uh, he's had some time to get his uh, feet wet, acclimated. Yeah, maybe we'll see a little bit more out of him uh, uh, down, down the stretch. 
Um, so, Mike, who emerges in the second half of the season? Who do the Ravens need to have that step forward? I think this is setting up perfectly for Isaiah Likely. We think Mark Andrews is coming back soon. I think that he sat out the Saints game as more precaution than an actual need. Uh, but in any event, he is kind of maxed out. Whenever he's on the field, he's maxed out on on reps and attention. So they need another tight end. But then I'll we just talk about Bateman. Um, they need another pass catcher now, another guy that can move the chains. How many times have we talked about, like you kind of just alluded to, Chris, you don't need – anybody do anything spectacular just be dependable especially on third downs and Isaiah likely I think is that guy so um, he had a great preseason struggled uh, to really get on the field and do it in games but now I think he's starting to get back to those ways and um, you know they have what nine games left or excuse me eight games left in the regular season and hopefully some in the postseason so I think uh, by the end of the season, we will say, wow, what a great pick. Because he can't at just the right time. Uh, who do you have, Jamie? Um, it's, uh, um, he's already playing well, but um, I- I'm, I'm going to uh, uh, ri- ride the, uh, the, the hot hand, my uh, uh, boy Devin Duvernay. I think that he, need, given the lack of, uh, just the lack of, talent and quite frankly the lack of bodies in the wide receiver room i think the the offense they need to put a little bit more focus on duvernay by finding ways to make sure that he's getting touches he's only seeing about three and a half targets a game and given his ability his his catch percentage is over 75 percent he needs to see the football coming his way more often because he he can make make tough catches he's got strong hands he can make guys miss he can accelerate when he gets in the open field um they need to continue to work to give him the ball in the backfield um i think with bateman's absence and with the focus that's going to be on on the tight ends uh the opportunities are going to be there and i think duvernay is a guy that needs to be fed because this team is going to need a go-to guy and I know Andrews is that guy, but there's an interesting little thing about Andrews that, and I'm sure, and we we haven't really talked about it too much, but there are times in big spots where he has some drops, like just some key drops at some inopportune times, and it would just be nice to have another guy that Lamar can depend on, somebody that you can count on to make a big play, so it isn't all about finding Andrews on third down. All the time. I mean, du- Duvernay the rest of the way is wide receiver number one. I mean, he's right. got to get. I mean, Andrews is going to be the focus point, but Duvernay has to make consistent plays the rest of the way. I mean, th- th- there's no, no doubt there. So I agree on the touches. I like the likely suge- uh, suggestion. What about uh, you know staying on likely for a second? Do you guys feel he's the best equipped of? between himself and the non-Duvernay wide receivers to be a regular, consistent factor in, uh, in the passing game? I mean, it, from a, from obviously a physical not standpoint, from, a, from, you know, he's the, the measurables are there, the abilities there. One of the things that he struggled with too early in the regular season it, or so far throughout the regular season is he's had, had drops 
I mean, I don't know what his actual drop numbers are, but it it's he's definitely put some catchable balls on the carpet. I mean, even le- uh, in New Orleans, like it looked like it was going to be a you know with Andrews out and, and obviously Bateman out, like it was going to be a likely game. He catches the the, the touchdown uh, early, and I think he had one other catch, but then he had uh, another. Uh, a, I think a big third down play that he, he couldn't he couldn't bring a pass in and hit him in the hands. So he's got to find that consistency to make sure he's securing the football when it comes his way. And that's, that's going to be the difference between him being a two to three catch guy versus being, you know, a guy that can haul in five or six catches a game down the stretch. I'll tell you what, I, I really want to see the rest of the way. And I'd like to see it this weekend versus Carolina coming out of the bye and against the team you expect to beat is, uh, I, I want to see the ball continue to move around. Uh, likely, Perchet, uh, Robinson, Jackson, if he's you know, available on the field, move it around, get everybody a couple of touches. I think that just benefits everybody. And yeah, well, and again, because you, since you don't have anybody, I mean, you know, you do have Andrews, it's going to be the focal point. Um, the the best thing to do just keep the defense off balance, and you know, because you don't have anybody that's an obvious choice at this point. Yeah, I mean, that was – what was it? Lamar had 10, 12 completions to 10 different receivers on Monday night or last Monday night, two Monday nights ago, whatever it was. So I think that's kind of, that's going to be something that's going to be in vogue here unless, you know, somebody out of the guys that are left healthy, you know, really asserts themselves. So to answer my own question of uh, who do the Ravens need to emerge the rest of the way – uh, I'm going to sound like a broken record. Uh, even with the play they're getting out of Drake right now, which is positive, and Gus coming back, I think he's going to be available this week and believing that they can have good production between those two. I still feel for the Ravens to fully reach the level that I, you know we want them to get to. I still think they need Dobbins to get back and, and, and be a factor at some point uh, 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 this year. That's fair. Um, you know, now, interesting, I was looking at the defensive side of the ball, and for that, uh, I was looking at Marcus Peters. Um, and, you know, he's a name that we don't think of, we don't think about as somebody that needs to step up. You know, we think think of him as, you know, ball hawk, kind of shut down corner. But you can definitely tell he hasn't been the pre-injury Marcus Peters as of yet. Um, I mean, he's allowing a, a quarterback rating against of 104.9. Um, and he's given up 14.8 yards per completion. I, I mean, the corners. Yeah, I was just ha- just having that on the discussion on the board. I mean, I'm a I'm a big Marcus Peters fan. I feel like he's I feel like he's been the best um, playmaking defensive player since Reed. Uh, and uh, and I'm fine with his gambling, but yeah, he hasn't been what he was pre-injury. But let's I, I want to see where he is coming out of the bye. Yeah. And, and, and the rest of the year, but and I think particularly with the 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 I, I don't want to necessarily want to say struggles, but kind of the the indecision as far as the organization goes with who's going to be the third corner. Nobody's really stepped up and seized that. We've seen flashes from Pepe Williams. You know, Brandon Stevens has been okay. You know, they're using Hamilton in that role a little bit. Jalen Armour Davis is in the meanwhile has been a healthy scratch. So whereas Marlon Humphrey is having a real renaissance this year and quite frankly is having, having an all-pro caliber season and 
if you're a little unsure at the nickelback, you'd really like to see your other former Pro Bowl cornerback kind of round back into that form. So, yeah, it is going to be interesting to see how he is coming out of the bye. And if we I mean, can Peters it, doesn't have to be his uh, 2019 All-Pro self, but you'd like to see him coming out of the bye and being able to reach another level here in 2020. But we, um, we'll see. Let's go a little bit bigger picture. Uh, Jamie will stick with you for a second here. Uh, the Ravens, they're 6-3 and three overall, obviously, right now. They're third overall in football outsiders DVOA with the third-rated offense, the 12th-rated defense, and first in special teams. They've held a double-digit lead in every game. Uh, the remaining games this month, obviously, we've got Carolina at home this weekend. We'll discuss that further in a bit. And then they're at Jacksonville next week. So how are you feeling about the Ravens prospects going forward right now? Uh, you know, to be honest, really trying to temper the optimism because when you look at the schedule, when you look at what they've done in the first half of the season, despite the injuries and despite some inconsistent play here and there. I mean, again, Chris, you just said it, holding double-digit leads in every game, That's not that doesn't happen very often. And for them to have been able to do that, granted, they blew three of them, but they, they still did it. Um, but with the team getting a little bit healthier, some of these key pieces on the way back, I mean, they should be favored in uh, just about every game. I mean, maybe – we don't know where Cincinnati's going to be at in week 18, but there's a chance they could be favored on the road in that game. And and now with the defense, with adding Roquan Smith, kind of that missing piece, and all of a sudden the defense is deep and the offensive line is, is dominant and, and you've got a former MVP. I mean, it, it, it's pretty exciting. And at this point, 12 wins is the floor, is the absolute floor for me, in my opinion, given who they're playing down the stretch i can't i can't see them winning any less than 12 games which is kind of remarkable when we were sitting here at three and three and talking about the defensive struggles and inconsistencies here and there it's it's amazing what getting a few pieces back and starting to find an identity and this that and the other uh they're 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 in really good shape and things are looking up mike how are you feeling feel the same way i think that they are really set up well for a nice run they always seem to peak uh in december and beyond uh, other teams are seemingly getting the bug if you will that the ravens got last year uh jamar chase obviously being out for the Bengals has been huge um the the ravens the steelers just now got back tj watt but Najee harris is a little bit ineffective we don't know how Deshaun Watson's going to acclimate once he gets on the field. Um, the Buffalo Bills are struggling. You know they barely lost, but they lost. So if you're going to knock the Ravens for losing close games, you got to knock them. Um, I think the Chiefs are the team to beat. But besides that, it's pretty open. Uh, I'm not a big believer in Tennessee, even though they have the same record as the Ravens. So all that to say. Uh, the Ravens are actually in good shape. They're getting healthier as the season's going on, whereas a lot of teams are not. So that is something huge. I think Tony Dungy said it once where um, if you want to win a Super Bowl and compete for a Super Bowl, you have to be um, you have to be healthy. And um, it's not so much the talented teams, but the team that's healthy that really can, can make a run. So, um, you know, I think another little under, under, underestimated part of this 
run that they've started and hopefully are going to continue going on is Mike McDonald has really kind of think settled into his play calling abilities. And obviously the players have um, kind of meshed with that. We've seen less blown coverages, thankfully in the secondary. So, um, and I'm sure it always has gotten better in the body. He's getting players back and you're adding uh, like an all pro in the middle. And that helps Uh, defense. We saw versus new Orleans. Okay. It was, you know, the red rifle behind quarterback for uh, the Saints, but that was a top 10 level defense uh, <laughs> uh, uh, there. You pair that with a with a running game, and that'll travel anywhere. And, you know, <laughs> yep. quality special teams. Uh, so, mm-hmm. feeling pretty good about where, where the Ravens are. They're, you know, there's maybe six, seven teams that I think have legitimate Super Bowl aspirations right now, and they're one of them. So, uh, yeah. And I mean, let's think about on. all the all the talking we did in the preseason leading up to it. We're like, man, when they get healthy, and and this team's going to get better in the second yeah. half of the year. And it like it took a little bit longer, I think, than we anticipated because of the way the organization slow played a few guys. And of course, there's been a couple of setbacks with you know with Dobbins and with uh, Marcus Williams get hurt, but, you know, Geno Stone has stepped in for Marcus Williams and, you know, Kenyon Drake has sort of, you know, found himself again. So there's been some guys that have stepped up and now these guys are getting healthy and all those things that we were hoping for in training camp are now coming to fruition. And we're looking at this roster and it's just what a difference a year makes compared to, you know, this is when, you know, the shoe, the, the other proverbial shoe started dropping last year you know we started losing guys and now it's like the opposite they're starting to get guys back and it's you know it's it's definitely exciting uh so while, while we're all feeling good here let's uh let's go the other way mike what's your primary concern with the ravens uh, uh right now well i mean it's hard to to pick one but i i, I have to say the the health of the running back room and you know you mentioned it before, Chris, where you know we're kind of getting, we are getting good games from Kenyon Drake, and uh, you know we hope Gus Edwards is coming back to full strength, and J.K. Dobbins got an operation to, um, as I understand it, wasn't one hundred percent necessary. Is more like okay to get him at full strength. They they opted to do that, so. Um, but that is who they are on offense, is a running team. Um, you know, you can dress it up and make it look different ways, but they are a running team. And if your running backs aren't right, uh, you're going to be in trouble. And, you know, Mike Davis and Justice Hill, I believe, are the only two, or Kenyon Drake as well. But we don't want to repeat from last year. And as much as I like Latavius Murray and Devontae Freeman, I'm thankful for what they did for this team. That wasn't the initial plan, right? The initial plan is to have J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, and then a back or two after that. So if we can, we if the Ravens can really get their running backs healthy, not mess around. You know, I kind of related to, I was thinking about this earlier, related to the Orioles. You know, they're building this project. They're almost kind of there. They're not there yet, but they're almost there. They've waited so long. Don't rush it and waste all that time you waited. You know what I mean? They're almost there, just a little bit longer. If you get them ready for a few weeks from now, I think the sky's the limit. Jamie, uh, you, primary concern? 
um, uh, maximizing opportunities in the passing game is uh, something that I want to see improved or executed better in the second half. Um, I think we're going to see a lot more of games like we saw uh, the previous Monday. Lamar Jackson had 22 attempts. Uh, I think as the running game ramps up, we're going to kind of live in that 20 to 25 attempt. Now, of course, game situations may dictate other things, of course, if they turn the ball over, fall behind, et cetera, et cetera. But I think the ideal scenario, you want to be around those 25 attempts. And when there's and probably at least about twice a game so far this year, Lamar has missed on some like gotta have it big plays, whether it's, you know, overthrowing a deep ball or, you know, putting too much, putting too much touch on a pass when you should have zipped one in or vice versa. And you can see his frustration and, you know, all quarterbacks miss throws. It's going to happen throughout the course of a game. But when your opportunities are limited, it makes it magnifies the mistakes that much more and seeing Lamar's completion percentage down a little bit under his career average his his air yards per attempt are only at 4.2 so he's down towards the bottom third of the league for starting quarterbacks in that that area so when those opportunities present themselves whether it's through play action because they're showing so much in the running game or when he escapes the pocket and he's and he gets on the edge and he's able to maybe create something when it's kind of backyard football, but there's a play there to be made, you've got to hit on those. When you're throwing the ball 22 times, you can't only complete it 12 times. I, I need to see him getting up to like around 70% completion percentage, you know, improve that a little bit because he's about 62 right now. So basically just, yeah, maximize opportunities because – Come playoff time, as we all know, as much as we love the running game and the defense, you're going to have to make some plays in the passing game. And when they're there to be had, they've, they've got to hit on them. Jamie, preview the uh, Ravens offense this week versus the Carolina defense. Yeah, well, Carolina's coming off a mini-buy, so they're, they're going to be a little bit uh, um, extra rested. But as far as matchups goes, like the overall numbers, Carolina's – bottom third of the league and uh total yards allowed rushing yards allowed points allowed um they seem to be a tailor-made opponent um i i think the last time i looked at ravens are double digit favorites i think it was around 11 and a half or something 10 11 11 and a half 12 and a half, oh, 12 and yeah, a half. yeah i saw 12 and a half this morning yeah so i mean it, it's you know they've got uh defensive end brian burns has seven sacks so that's that's got to look out for um Going to want to stay away from J.C. Horn um, when throwing the ball. He's only allowing a quarterback rating of a little over 40 um, on throws in his direction. On the other hand, you want to attack C.J. Henderson in the passing game. His, the, he's got a quarterback rating against of uh, 105.6. Um, so I think it's this, this is a game where, you know, you don't get fancy. Let, let's uh, let's establish the run early, um, you know, get get on the scoreboard early. And then you just start to take their will away. And it has the potential to be like one of those games we saw in 19 where they get up and then in the second half, they're putting together 12, 13, 14 play drives and just milking the clock and just taking the other team's will. And 
the Panthers, uh, again, they seem to be ready-made to have that happen. So um, it, it it's, shouldn't be anything fancy this week. should be pretty simple, straight ahead, pound the rock, take a few chances in the passing game, just stay away from J.C. Horn. Mike, give us a look. Uh, Carolina's offense, uh, Baker, uh, going to get to start versus the Ravens' defense. Well, the Panthers are on their second head coach and third quarterback of the year. So I don't know how much, you know, as much as you want to say any given Sunday. I don't know how much continuity and confidence you can have in Baker Mayfield, uh, especially when he's headbutting people with helmets on without his helmet on, as we saw at the uh, last week's game. But, um, yeah, the, Baker is going to make some plays. I mean, that's who he is, but he's going to also give the Ravens his fair share. Um, he's not mobile. I mean, maybe within the pocket, but he's not, obviously not Lamar, but like Nadia, I would say like a Joe Burrow or Jacoby Brissett. Like Baker is more of a pocket passer, so you keep him in the pocket. Um, you know, DJ Moore's a threat. Uh, Devontae Freeman has been doing fairly well as a running back, but I mean, that's about it. And of course, with Roquan Smith back in the mix, they're really going to struggle to get any run um, going, especially if you saw what they did, the Ravens, Roquan Smith, and their, you know, the whole run defense unit did to Alvin Kamara last week. So uh, as long as DJ Moore doesn't have the game of his life, I think it's pretty solid to say the Ravens coming off a bye at home um, will, will force Baker Mayfield into um, at least three turnovers. Yeah, it's not a team that even with uh, their trades is has zero talent, but it is a team you expect to knock out. And uh, you know, what Jamie was saying earlier, I mean, I think you just got to put the foot down and, and really right away, you know, lay the wood and and uh, take the will <laughs> to, to play. You just don't let this team linger around and make this a, a game late. You know, go <laughs> go deliver the knockout, and that's where they should be coming out off the off the mm-hmm. bye. Uh, I would, you know, go back to the New Orleans game. I was really impressed by that. You know, uh, they had a short week with the game in Tampa. Then they had, you know, we're in the New Orleans, another road game. That was a quality performance. That was a game that, you know, as we were kicking off that night, I'm you know, thinking, well, you know, you've you've lost a couple of weapons. You don't have something. You know, the Saints have just played well versus Vegas. Maybe this game goes side sideways, but the Ravens were in control that that, that entire game, and they, they really showed where they were. Uh, so now they've had a week to get uh, a little bit healthier. Uh, this is a game that you at home make a statement and say. You know, we're one of the true elites in the league, and <laughs> and Carolina, you are not. So, I, I think we're all agreed. Ravens across the board. Mike, what was your score that you had in the write up today? I said thirty-five to nine, in favor of the Ravens. So I think I, if I if I'm not mistaken, they're uh, let's see, twelve and two, or what was it, twelve and three? I think coming. Well, with the win, they would be twelve and three coming off a of bye under Harbaugh, so uh, very high record. They they obviously know what they're doing coming off a of bye, similar to, you know, Andy Reid and his crew, so it's going to be really hard to beat them. 
off of by at home. They have the talent. So um, I think it's just a question of how much. And then this would be the perfect game for the Ravens to get that lead, like Jamie said. And even though it's Panthers, just keep the lead. Get it and keep it. That would make me happy. <laughs> get lots of guys involved, uh, win, and uh, get out of there healthy. So good to be back. Uh, come and join us at the site, BaltimoreSportsAndLife.com. Check out the recent articles from these guys and join the discussions, Ravens and NFL, at the site. Uh, we'll see you. We'll be back next week talking, hopefully, a Ravens win and then on to uh, Jacksonville. Take care.